0: Daniel chapter 3 this morning. Is this mic working? Good deal. Daniel chapter 3. So most of you probably knew what uh, account in the Word of God this was based on that chapter reference. Um, Every child downstairs probably knows this, Uh, but we're going to look at it anyway. I think uh, the other week when I Filled in on a Wednesday night, I made mention about familiar scriptures, and hopefully they're all familiar to us, but uh, I know for sure that this one is familiar to you this morning. Um, So we're going to talk about from a death sentence to a promotion this morning, from a death sentence to a promotion for these three Hebrew, uh, oftentimes referred to as young boys, and uh, let's uh, have a word of prayer, and we'll actually, you know what, let's read the, the the text here. We're going to read verses 1 through 7, 16 through 18, 24 through 28, and then verse 30 as we conclude our reading this morning. So I was trying not to read the whole chapter, so you're welcome. Um, <clears throat> verse 1 in, in Daniel chapter 3 says this Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, and captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. <clears throat> then an herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sagbut, sultry, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace." Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, uh, and the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Go down to verse 16, or across the page, as it were. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of, the, uh, of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And then uh, to verse 24, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king <clears throat> was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and sent unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And then verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth, and come hither, then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire, and the princes, governors and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these uh, men <clears throat> upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies uh, <clears throat> that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. And then verse 30, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to once again gather in Sunday school hour. And Lord, as we... Uh, uh, prepare to uh, launch our Sunday school hour once again uh, for the church. We pray for your blessing. Lord, our desire is to uh, be a blessing and encouragement and to minister to others. And we pray, Lord, that you would honor that decision, Lord, and that you bless our Sunday school time. And this morning, we ask that you would just meet with us. I pray that you would take your word and, and Lord, uh, do something in the hearts of the people in spite of me, and we'll give you the thanks for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. From a death sentence to a promotion. That's a significant change, right? So anybody ever been sentenced to death in here? Other than by your wife, right? You know, so sometimes those ladies get a little... Anyway. Um, <clears throat> good morning, Mrs. DeGarmo. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, sir? Amen. Day, day <laughs> yes, sir. A death sentence the day you were born. So, uh, wow. Amen. That's kind of profound if you think about it. Absolutely. It's coming from an older guy. That's why it's so profound. But... Um, <clears throat> I like Sunday school. Uh, But here this morning, we see these three men who took a stand for God. And consequently, their life was at risk. And they knew before uh, they did not bow, that if they did not bow, their life was at risk. Uh, and, And I think it's significant when you look at our day in America today, and you see everyone just folding and conforming. Uh, and I'm talking about churches this morning. I'm talking about Christians, the people of God. And uh, <clears throat> listen, this, after more than like 2,600 years, give or take, uh, when this, this uh, took place, these men are remembered for their courage and conviction. Um, uh, God help us to be remembered uh, in, a, in a like manner, that we would stand for the things of God and and uh, I think you would be hard-pressed to find a youngster downstairs that's not familiar with this sure. account. I, 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 there's probably not one down there. Oh, you say Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo, they'll Is there a song about that? There's, there is, The Fourth Man Walking. Yes, yeah. Anyway, I didn't have, that's not my notes, so I can't talk about it. Anyway, next. Um, <clears throat> we're not live streaming, so we're good. Um, <clears throat> listen, these young men, uh, because of their their courage and conviction, they made an impact on King Nebuchadnezzar and really on the entire Babylonian empire. Uh, The decree in the beginning, we we read that. I, I didn't read the verse as part of our text, but the king makes another decree in verse 29. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, language, which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill. That's a big contrast. Uh, and that can only be said because these men stood firm on what they believed God wanted them to do. And, and so this morning, we're going to talk about that a little bit, and, and uh, Christians need to be the people of courage and convictions who stand against the tide of evil uh, that's really sweeping our land today. And, and it's sweeping the world, and, and we know that the end times are coming, and, and there's perilous times, and we know things are getting worse. But this morning, I, I have a burden for America like never before. Um, I'm an American. I was born in America. I thank God that I was born in America. And listen, as Americans, if we don't want to lose our freedoms, specifically our freedoms to gather and to worship God in the way that we desire, we need to stand up. So oftentimes we think, oh, if we're just quiet and silent, they'll leave us alone. That's not going to happen. These men were in a situation where they stood for right, they stood for God, and God honored it, and consequently the king made a a complete 180 decree to say, don't speak amiss about their God. Uh, What could God do if if the Christians of America would stand for truth and right? Uh, We're always down in the mouth about, oh, America today, you know. And, And listen, things are not perfect. They never were, by the way. Um, but but things are not perfect. But how much different would it be if we had a positive attitude about just pleasing our God and allowing them to see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven? I think it'd be different. Uh, We could have a different conversation. Uh, The pressure to conform, number one this morning, the pressure to conform. So we we see in, in verse one, the image was constructed, right? Nebuchadnezzar, he erected this ginormous, is that a word? I don't even know if it's a word. Ginormous, humongous, big, Large monstrosity of 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 an image uh, probably of, of wood overlaid with with precious metals, gold or something like that and uh, but it, i don't know by my estimate it's about ninety feet tall and nine feet wide obnoxious right that's just like ridiculous uh, ninety feet that's that's crazy and um, it's taller than most most American flags anyway but uh, listen ninety feet tall it's nine feet wide um, and he says, we're going to worship this thing. He's made this, this image, it's constructed, and I submit to you this morning, materialism is the idol of today in America. We're more focused on the things that we have, and listen, God has blessed our nation better, greater than any other nation in the world, and we have more at our disposal than ever before, and we make material things, material items, our idol." And maybe we don't outwardly say the word that I'm worshiping my Corvette, but our actions say that that's what's happening. Corvettes are cool. If you want to give me one, I'll take it. But um, but but listen, we need to be careful about material things uh, in this world. There's more recreational material items at our disposal than any of the people in history. The exception may be Solomon. You can make an argument for that because the Word of God tells us that he had everything that his heart's desired, right, in that in that time, but I believe Americans today are closer to Solomon than anyone else in history, as far as having anything they desire at their disposal uh, or the ability to get that with with minimal effort. Um, I've traveled the world, I've seen places they don't have what we have here. Uh, God has blessed our nation, and He's given us so many things, and those things have turned our heart. And that's what happened to Solomon, right? The, the women, the Word of God tells us that the women turned his heart. He allowed those, those, those uh, things in life to distract him from his God. And, and so these young men were faced with a situation where I got this image, the king, right? He's the king. And I, the king in this day is much more significant than the president today right we have constitutional rights we have all these things that as american citizens we can enjoy and the president has powers and he has certain authorities but it's very limited compared to this king's ability to execute judgment and and to do what he felt was right and so these men here they're 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 faced with a with a a grave decision to make the image is constructed and and listen if we're not careful uh <clears throat> we can make Things are object of worship and distract us. And, and we don't necessarily have uh, the king that's dictating that, but our own sinful hearts' desires are doing that. And, and we need to be careful. And, and so the, he makes that decree in verse 6. Uh, if, if you look at verse 6 in uh, chapter 3 back there, it says, And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And, and if you think about the circumstances of these young people, right? Who's read Daniel chapter 1? Anyone? No? Nobody? You guys are still asleep? Nobody? Are, this, is, this is easy, right? All right, Daniel chapter 1. I assume everybody in here has read it, but by the, your own admission, you haven't. has everybody re, has read that account, right? Daniel... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're given different names, uh, and and they were brought into captivity by the Babylonians, right? And and so we're not talking about uh, free people here. We're talking about people that were already taken away from their home and already brought into bondage, and they're already being governed heavily and overseen heavily. And, and by the way, we won't take the time to look at chapter one and all through there. God's blessed them. And, and I believe that's why these young men could stand so firm here, because they'd seen God do it before. Um, I might be getting ahead of my notes there. But, but listen, there's a decree from a man that can affect change in their life, from a man that can take their life. Um, and, and he's made this decree very plain. And, and listen, this morning, every day we are pressured to conform to the things of this world. There are pressures, and in our society today, specifically with current events, like no other time in American history. I mean, arguably, there have been other times, but, but I know in my life, it's today, like never before. And most people in this room could probably say that. And uh, <clears throat> we, uh, we see it more clearly than ever. Uh, if you disagree with this group or that group, you're labeled a hate monger or a bigot. Just because of your opinions, different, uh, and, and uh, we live in an unusual time, and uh, the expectation is just to conform and to be accepting. Now, oh, we just be accepting. Don't be, don't be a hate monger. Don't be. Just accept it. It's okay. It's different, but it's okay. And uh, yet, God's words challenge us not to conform to this world. In Romans chapter twelve and verse two, and be not conformed to this world right, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? God commands us not to conform. Uh, God knows that there's going to be pressures. There's going to be decrees. Listen, it's not far away in today's American society that there might be decrees that go contrary to the word of God and what we hold dear as the people of God. Uh, It can happen. And listen, uh, we need to be willing to not conform. And uh, we can learn much from how these young men responded to the pressure to conform here. We, I, th- I think we can learn a lot from them. They were wise beyond their years, as they say. Uh, as, as the pressures to conform to the mold of this world increase, uh, we can learn a lot from these young men. The one thing I want to highlight this morning, they did not look for a fight. The fight came to them. I know people... And and praise the Lord for them, it seems like they're just out to agitate, to stir the pot, to get people fired up. And that's not, you never see that personality trait in Jesus Christ. However, when confronted, Jesus stood for what was right. We see it in the turning of the changing tables in the temple. And so these young men did not go seeking a fight. The decree or the fight came to them. They were just living honest, godly lives. And the king said, listen here, here's what I want from you. And we see that uh, they stuck to their convictions. They did not conform. Many people have their beliefs, but listen this morning, few have real convictions. I've seen it in my life. People that I know growing up have said, well, this, I'm, I believe this with all my heart. This is the standard. This is what I'm going to do. And now today, they're not doing that. What, right or wrong? I mean, that's between them and the Lord, right? But, but sometimes you see, see people harping on things. And, but these young men in this case, I think, rightly stood by their conviction in what they believed was right. Uh, they weren't going to change. Uh, <clears throat> many people today change their beliefs to suit the political view of the day. Right? We see that. And uh, we have witnessed this among presidents, right? Politicians, preachers, and listen, whole denominations have done this. They've changed and accepted things that historically within their uh, denomination were unbiblical and they stood against, but they've allowed it and adapted it. We see homosexual preachers and and female pastors and those things that, that at one time churches said, you know what? The word of God says that ought not be so. But in their church today, it's happening. And uh, unlike these young kids that had a persistent conviction. And uh, listen, many people are adapting to the changes of the world around them rather than sticking to the unchanging teachings of God's word. And, and, and listen, it doesn't have to be hateful. Uh, God loves people and he desires that they would be saved, and he's never out to get them. And so our attitude should be the same. We can proclaim the teachings of the Word of God in a way that honors God and is not offensive. Now, sometimes the teachings of the Word of God or the preaching of the Word of God can get convicting on people, and and it might be perceived as offensive, right? But the reality is that's because there's an offense between them and God. And if they would deal with that offense, they'd realize that's... It's not offensive in the sense that we think society talks as offensive and mean-spirited. And it's not. It's it's proclaiming the truth to resolve a problem. People are ill. They're sick. Their sin has separated them from God. They need the truth. And and listen, that's what it's all about. It's not about just being a jerk. uh, But it's about sticking to the principles and the teachings of the Word of God and uh, allowing God to do the other part. God can deal with all the other stuff, and he does here. But we see in verses uh, 8 through 12, <clears throat> I read those. We can read them again um, because the Bible's good. We need to read it. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. Everybody loves a tattletale, right? <laughs> yeah, right? These big babies. Eh, I hated that. Oh, and it's probably because I got in a lot of trouble, and I was being incriminated by other people, and it made me want to pummel them. But um, And I was a small guy. I wasn't pummeling a whole lot of folks. But um, listen, I still am small. I was, was still. Anyway, so, um, but, but listen this morning, nobody likes a tattletale. In our society, it, it, it's interesting how when it's for the things of God, it, it, it's seen in a different way. But in our society, it would be like, hey, leave those guys alone. Let them do their own thing, Right? But that is not the case when it comes to the things of God. Uh, Because uh, the enemy, Satan, and and those things, there's a spiritual war going on. And so they don't see it when it's directed toward the things of God as when it's exposing the things that are in their life. They don't want to reciprocate that same, it's okay. No, they want to tattle. Anyway, so the young men refused to obey the command of the king to worship his image, right? They they, they worship they worshipped, do I say worship or worship? Worship. My wife's always told me I pronounce that wrong. I'm glad we're not on live stream. They worship the true God of heaven. Uh, they knew the commands, right? And they were to have no other gods before him. These Jews, they were taught that. These young men knew that before they were taken captive. They were told that, that what this king is doing is not right. However, was, those were those that took issue. Refusal to bow down. The tattletales. And uh, <clears throat> so the tattlers go in verse 9. They spake and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, hark, satbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And verse 12, here it is. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. These young men were persistent in their conviction, regardless of the accusations that and, and you think of Daniel and, and his willingness to go pray before the Lord. And, and listen, are you going to back down when it gets difficult? We have it easy in America. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, and I, I don't know how to pronounce this gentleman's name, Saeed Abedini. He was a pastor. He's like an Iranian-American Christian pastor. I don't know what what denomination or whatever, but he was in prison in Iran. Uh, they put him in prison. He was arrested in, in September of 12, and uh, he was sentenced in 2013 for leading an underground church in Bible studies in in, the, in Iran. And uh, he was sentenced, and And I don't know if you followed the news at the time. All this was in there, but I remember it being in the news. And But the man was, obviously the Iranians deny a lot of what took place, but um, he was tortured physically and psychologically and and pressured to deny his faith in Christ. And um, <clears throat> he, they had beat him and he had internal bleeding and things that required medical care and they wouldn't give him medical care. And And uh, they did a lot of things to him uh, behind the public door, right? You know, that we can't see. And, and, uh, and they told him they would release him if he would denounce Christ. And he wouldn't. And so he was originally, they were going to put him to death. And then um, I think after the outcry of, of the national attention that it kind of garnered, uh, that he ended up being sentenced, I think, to eight years in, in, in 2013. Well, he was released in uh, 2017, or excuse me, 16, I believe it was. Uh, he was released from prison a little bit early. But um, his father was able to make a short visit with him when he was in prison. And uh, Saeed said that the pressures have increased, in the last few weeks, but no threats and violence can separate him from the love of Christ, and that the pressures and persecutions have only pushed him deeper into the presence of God, and most of the time is spent in prayer. That was his testimony to his dad when his dad got a few moments to meet with him. He's being tortured and beaten for his faith. This is modern day, this is today. This, we're not talking about 2,600 years ago. Uh, Christians that are being uh, persecuted for what they believe. Seed says that he rejoices that he is counted worthy to suffer for Christ. And here we have these young men, just youth. And they are sticking by the stuff. They're sticking to what they've been taught by their parents before taking captive, and they're not going to give in regardless of what the king says. And uh, look at the king's response in verse 13 through uh, 15. I think some people would refer this to as a hissy fit. I don't know. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, then they brought these men before the king. And so the tattlers do their job, right? They tell on them. And uh, <clears throat> they say, hey, well, we got these guys that they're not doing what you said, king. They're not honoring you, king. Of course, that's in verse 12. And, and so Nebuchadnezzar, he's, he's full of rage and fury. He tells him to bring him. In verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well. It gives them an opportunity. Hey, if you fall down and worship, everything's well. It'll be okay. What do they say? No harm, no foul. But if ye worship not, you shall be cast into the same hour into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Wow. How far do you got to get away from God to have a, a discussion like that with somebody? Who's your God? What do you think he can do? But these men, they stick to it. Look at uh, their response uh, to the king. I don't know if we understand fully what these young men were facing. <laughs> this was greater than going to the Oval Office and giving an account. To the president. This is a king that, no kidding, has a reputation for killing people that disagree with him. As Americans with constitutional rights, I don't know if we fully understand that. And uh, I'll never forget when I was uh, in Iraq one year, we were on the Iranian border. And uh, we were with the army, of course. I I spend more time with the army. Those guys have a dog's life, I'll tell you that much. Those dogs. I like the Air Force, but uh, um, so we're with the Army, and we, our our camp, you guys know Fob Shocker? Somebody from here, I think, was killed. Somebody in this church that you guys know was killed. at that. Anyway, maybe that was a different church. But I think there was somebody in the Army that was stationed at Fob Shocker that was killed. Anyway, so I was at Fob Shocker, and we were doing an expansion project, building for the Army, because they can't do it themselves, right? So we're building this camp up, and and, uh, they take us out. We're on a patrol, kind of, if you will. But next thing I know, this army sergeant looks over, and he's like, yeah, we're in Iran right now. And I said, what? You're out of your mind. Let's get back to Iraq. That's kind of r- ridiculous to say. I would feel safer in Iraq, right? But, but that was the honest truth, right? Listen, in countries like Iran, and these men before this king, there's no control of any government official that's going to protect me and Iran. I was there unlawfully as an American soldier with a weapon in uniform. That's not going to go over well in the public news, right? National news or worldwide news. And uh, so all I could think of after that, I came back and and uh, I got some training. I went to evasion and conduct after capture training. And um, they kind of... They slap you around a little bit. They do you some things and teach you how to do some resistance techniques and things like that. And uh, the whole time we're in this POW, POW scenario at this training, a lot of it's classified, so I can't talk specifics, but the whole time I'm in this situation, all I can think of is back there when I was in Iran, why didn't I have this training? That was ridiculous to be somewhere like that without knowing how to resist and, and to, anyway. That's a rabbit trail, sorry. But but listen, these young men were in a grave situation. They were standing before a king that had the authority to take their life. This Christian pastor was in captivity in a nation that could have taken his life. No doubt he appealed to God for help. And as Americans, I don't know if we fully comprehend what this meant for these young people. We don't—we don't experience this kind of challenge to our faith. The worst thing I get is at work when I people tell people I'm going to church. Oh, you're going to church again? You went last week. Well, it's every Sunday it happens, you know. And you go four days, four times a week—Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night—and what? what, I'm some type of a freak, right? But that's the worst. Persecution we get, right? We're not, this is, our faith is not challenged anywhere near this level. And these young men responded remarkably well. God help us to have the same conviction and standards and willingness to stand for what's right here. And they respond to the king and, uh, of course, they could bow down and they, they chose not to. Um, he, gives, he gives them a second chance, and, and I know this verse in, in Matthew wasn't penned yet, but I expect uh, they thought something similar to what we read in Matthew 16 verse 15, "For whosoever will save his own life or save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it." I think the preeminent thought on their mind was, no matter what, we honor God." No matter what, we honor God. Whether we lose our physical lives, we honor God. And their response is recorded in verse 16 through 18, and I love it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. That is an amazing statement. We are not careful. Do you guys understand what the word careful means? It's a very difficult word, right? Full of care. Careful, right? It's very do- You guys are a hard crowd this morning. Goodness. So, but, but listen, these young men were not careful. They weren't concerned, they weren't anxious. They weren't stressed. That's an amazing term that they use. We are not careful. We're not concerned. We're not afraid of you. Listen, they're talking to the man that is intending on taking their life. Oh, king, nah, this ain't no big deal. We've been here before. Uh, and, and listen, it's because they know someone greater. Verse 17, if it be so... Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. They said, listen, we're not worried about you. Our God's bigger than you. Our God's more powerful than you. Our God is able to deliver us from your hand. And I can't help but think if the people of God today would stand up and proclaim the goodness of our God and the power of our God, the challenges that we may face, but... God would bring us through victoriously. But because we sheepishly just kind of cower down and, and we, we turn aside and, and we don't answer or we just kind of avoid the situation or the subject, it just gets passed over. These men were bold. They had made a decision. And, and listen, I, I believe they can be confident in what is taking place here because they've seen God work before. Chapter 1. You guys said you've never read it, so let's look at some of it there. Um, <clears throat> and, and the king, verse three, and the king spake unto Asphanez, as the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed and the prince's children, in whom was no blemish, and uh, <clears throat> well favoured, and skilled in all wisdom and cunning knowledge, and understanding science and such, and had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. And so the king appoints these people, and they take these young men. And uh, you guys know the story. If you jump down to verse 8, well, actually go to verse 7. It says, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. So we see where these young men get their names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego here. For he gave unto Daniel the name Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Meshach of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. And so we see these young people right here with Daniel. We talk about dare to be a Daniel. These young men were right there with him. And it says in verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart. And, and I believe these people, these young men, could stand firm and strong because they had already seen God work. You guys know the dietary needs of a, of a man. So I, I don't know how much time I got here. I got plenty of time. Um, I, I've deployed a couple times, right? Without fail when I go, someone's going to get muscle bound. It always happens. They don't go to the gym ever when they're at home station, right? You know, they're 30 pounds overweight, can barely pass their PT test. It's embarrassing, right? But we go to, we get on this deployment and all of a sudden everybody's going hard at the gym. I'm going to get swole. I'm going to look good. And they're in the mirrors doing all this kind of stuff. With, it's ridiculous, right? And they, they're they guzzling protein shakes and just tearing their guts. It's, it's crazy, right? But those that protein, and, and there's a certain diet needed to sustain that physical ability or that, that, that physique. They want to, have you ever needed to lift 100 pounds just straight? Like, no, it's not a functional, anyway, that's, that's off the subject, right? It's not a functional muscle, right? So I, I like doing things that are more functional and things. But anyway, but these men asked for a diet that scientifically speaking today makes no sense. And they sought their God and said, listen, God, we don't want to violate ourselves. You've commanded us not to do this. We're going to eat some grass. Yeah, that's. I'm having steak. I'm having steak this afternoon. Oh, maybe I don't have that much time. I'm having steak this afternoon. I want some steak, right? But they said, we're going to have some grass. And the, the eunuch was concerned, right? We can't do this. We can't do this. The king is going to expect you to look a certain way. And they said, if you allow us to Do what's right by our God. Our God can come through. And their God did. And so these young men can stand before this king knowing because they've seen God work before. Do things that don't make sense humanly. And so they said he can deliver us. And so they stand to their convictions. They're not careful about it. And uh, they they stick to it. In verse 17, if so be our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. They had seen God deliver them before and knew he could do it again. Verse 18 goes on, but if not, hey, there's a chance things don't go the way that we have experienced in the past. But if not, be it known unto the king that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast. Set up. They said, I don't, regardless of what God chooses to do with our lives right here, we will not bow down and worship the image. Uh, We are going to worship our only God. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, we might have to quit early. i got a couple more points, but I can close on this note. This is authentic Christianity right here. You don't stand before kings and rulers with such resolve unless you have met the Master. It doesn't happen. You don't stand there with such conviction and resolve unless you've spent time with Christ. Uh, That's just how it is. I'm afraid today we don't have this resolve because of our anemic attempt at walking with God or due to the sin we allow to reign in our bodies. We get comfortable with allowing a certain level of ungodliness in our lives. Uh, What a shame. You cannot stand and proclaim your confidence in God's protection with sin in your life. These young men knew they'd experienced God before, and they were honoring God with their life, and they knew that their God could protect them because they had walked with Him. It reminds me of the disciples when when they had been uh, they were being questioned, and and I believe it's in the book of Acts somewhere. I can't remember uh, uh, right off the top of my head, but but the Word of God says that these were ignorant and unlearned men, but they took note because they had been with Jesus. There was a there was a different countenance about them and a different resolve in them. Not because they were educated or smart or geniuses, but because they had been with Christ. And this morning, I, I challenge you to spend time with Christ. I challenge you to walk closer to your God than you've ever walked to Him before. Because listen, the day is coming when our faith will be challenged. Whether that's a coworker in your workplace, whether that is a government decree in, a, in, in our nation today or we, some of that have lived over in other countries, a challenge to your faith is coming. How are you going to stand? Are you going to stand with resolve like these young people? And uh, in closing, the, the last thing here uh, would have been protection of the young men. We know the king in his fury, he, he heats that thing up seven times hotter right, loses his mind. Uh, Gets crazy with it, right? It was probably hot enough to kill him, right? But instead, they they bind the men up, and uh, the the soldiers that go to cast them in are slain by the heat of the fire. It's pretty warm. Have you ever been around a bonfire, campfire? It gets pretty hot. You got to stand back. Uh, That's pretty hot when it's at the point to slay, take life. Uh, It was pretty hot. The king was upset. But what I was going to say here in verse uh, 24, Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O God. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Listen, uh, if you will stand for what's right and, and walk with your God, Jesus will show up at your side every time. Every time. Now listen, it may not be in the miraculous way such as we read in our text this morning. God sometimes allows His people to be hurt and even killed. People have been martyred for their faith. He may deliver His people through death. But listen, the believer is released from his body the moment he dies, knowing he is absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. And listen, in verse 30, I'm not going to get there, obviously, the thing's buzzing me out of here, but um, Jesus shows up, protects them, keeps them safe, and they're promoted in the kingdom. Listen, the worst thing the world can do to you this morning is promote you to heaven. Are you willing to stand for your Lord? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for Sunday school this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would just uh, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that we would be a people of conviction people of the Word of God, and that we would stand firm regardless of the opposition or the challenges. And Lord, we pray for your protection. We pray that you would, uh, uh, Lord, just uh, watch over us, and Lord, give us that resolve to stand for you. And we pray that you would be glorified in it. And Father, as we serve you, that men would see it and turn to you. And Father, now we pray that you would bless the morning service, that you would speak to hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.